Hi, welcome to this episode of Intuition, Your First Sense. This is Vicki. And I don't know why I say that every time. You know it's me. <laughs> but I, I feel like it's rude to just start talking without saying, hey, guess who you're listening to? This episode was requested, actually, by a few people. As I was delving into it and planning it, I realized this is going to have to be a series. There is a lot of information to cover. And I am by no means an expert, although have spent, oh, 40-something years in the role of guiding kids and being a parent. This topic is about intuitive children. And when I was figuring it out and planning it out, I was thinking, okay, how to raise an intuitive child. Well, first of all, that could be a full series. And then I was like thinking, does that also mean um, not only with their abilities, but how to raise a child intuitively? No kidding, I changed the title of this in my notes three or four times before I realized, just do a couple episodes, Vicki, because you may have questions that I don't think of and feel free to send them along and I will address them to the best of my ability, both from having raised children that were incredible and are now incredibly intuitive adults, being one myself, but also working with hundreds of kids over the years and their parents and coming up with some ideas that work. I believe every child is an individual lovely being from their soul. And if parents could recognize that they didn't just come to be your kids. They came into this world much like you did to be a soul having a human playground, uh, an experience, a travel, an adventure. And first and foremost, their commitment is to their soul. And then maybe to you as they're, the people who are raising them, whether it's biologically, foster, adopted, acquired, However, you end up with the kiddos in your life, teachers, therapists, doctors, mentors, coaches, any adult with kids in their lives, this episode will apply to. And I, f I hope it's going to be a little bit of fun for you to also look back and go, oh, if you are old enough, like myself, to be able to look back and go, oh, that's what that was. It wasn't necessarily a behavioral issue. It was the intuition. So I decided for this episode, I am simply going to talk about intuitive children. And then I will do an episode on parenting, I think more closely, more specific. But this one will have some parenting advice or direction or mentoring advice while also pointing out the characteristics of what may be an intuitive child. Now, Everyone's intuitive. You've heard me say this how many times now? Well, however many episodes we're on, 158, 60, somewhere around there. Everybody has an intuitive ability. Everybody comes in with this. To the level that it is expanded depends on your soul's path, how many lifetimes you've done, and did you do your homework in those lifetimes, as well as what you, your soul intended in this lifetime so while everybody has intuition and can tap into it, not everyone will be walking around with it fully displayed or even be able to excel or exemplify the skill set. It's much like most of us will never run at the elite level of a marathon, but you know, we can all condition our body in some way for some sport or working out or something of that nature if we're physically able, yet not achieve that podium place, right? Well, the same is true of our levels of intuition. Some people can draw, I cannot. <laughs> so we all have the ability to tap into the knowing, the soul mission and the information that is stored on your non-physical hard drive. Children are particularly tuned into this because they are closer to source. They have not been here as long in the physical in this lifetime. 
They have a memory system that brings with them a helper because it's so vivid still. It's like when you first wake up from a dream and you can describe it, but if somebody asks you later on that evening or a couple days later, you may be like, yeah, I know I had a dream, but I can't remember what it was about. With kids, there is a window that you can help to influence this uh, connection to self and to encourage them to not lose it because then you just become an adult that has to repeat the work, that has to delve into, well, what did I know as a kid? Who did I believe myself to be? And I mean, that's great for those of us that are coaches and for the therapists in the world. I really do believe that if we can help the children and the young ones, souls, young in chronological, but not necessarily in their soul knowledge coming in, we could close a gap of ignorance in this world. And children, specifically before the age of seven, often have an innate knowing that can be enhanced or brought to their attention. And then that can be connected and carried out further in life. And the kids that are coming in now, holy macaroni, are they heightened and they are aware. And I have a good laugh when people are posting about these pandemic babies. And um, I'm sure some of that is true, at least here in the States, because of circumstances where maybe the parents decided to stay home with the kids. You know, there were no daycares, so they had to figure it out. So the kids do have a slightly different vibe or feeling than those that, you know, for some of us had to put our kids in daycare at eight weeks because we had to work. You know, so there is a uniqueness about them, yes. And I think it's less about the pandemic and more about their soul's evolution. And there are some elements of the pandemic that can actually enhance this and help it. There, See, there are some gifts to it. So the kids coming in now are slightly higher frequency. I've said before that some of us were dial up with that terrible noise that AOL used to make or the modem used to make. The kids that are coming in today are beyond Fios. They are telecommunicating without any device. It's kind of supercharged in their heightened awareness, their perception, and their empathy, which is just so lovely to say. And we could learn a lot from. So there are some challenges, of course, to being super sensitive, to being aware of it. And I have always believed it was a gift. Even when I didn't know what it was or didn't have a name for it, I felt like I had some insight into a world that others weren't seeing. And thankfully for my personality, I really didn't care if they didn't see it. And I didn't try to convince anybody of it. And now the kiddos that are coming in are speaking of it. They're expanding on it. And I hope to be part of that. It is and should be a very supportive mindset that we're in and communication because it is not always easy to know how to deal with or even find a way to explain the many challenges that come along with the trait of being intuitive and being insightful and being connected and just being so so proprioceptively aware, I hope that's a word, that it doesn't matter if things are in the non-physical or the physical. And I had the opportunity a few weeks ago to have a conversation with my great nephew. I know, I don't look old enough to be a great aunt, but I am. The questions this kid asked, when I tell you that I was taken aback by the depth I felt bad because I'm like, I, it's not like I've been underestimating him. I, I know him to be super smart and charismatic and a little bit of a pain in the choochie-boomie sometimes. Like, I know that about him. But the questions he asked, the depth of it blew me away. And during this episode, there will be a couple of them peppered in here and there along with my responses because I figured, well, why should I do all the talking and explaining when... This kiddo just absolutely brought the brilliance, man. 
And as an example of others have labeled him at times to be challenging, to be super hyper, to be even attention diversity, which I would agree with to a certain extent, but I also feel that a lot of it has to do with the fact that he is able to tap into all of this energy that's going on around him and his brain doesn't exactly know where to put it. And that is true of a lot of us, thank you, who are in our 50s, but also most especially the kids nowadays. I wonder if when you interact with your children or the children around you, if you've noticed something that perhaps your intuition was saying that there's something different about this kiddo, can you use your intuition to tap in to sense whether someone is truthful and whether they are sensitive and open so that you could be more conscious when working and less distracted when working or communicating with or raising these these beings. I'm going to give you a couple indications of where and what highly perceptive, intuitive, empathic child might go through. And maybe you can start to pay attention if you haven't already to those around you to see if you can be supportive. Because you know what? These kids grow up to be adults. And I know that's not shocking to you. (laughs) That's not a surprise. But if we can help them to know themselves well enough and to tap into that inner knowing that's there, they'll have less conflict about who they are. They will have less conflict with other people and they will be more tuned into what's the best course of action for themselves. And this does not mean, just as a little preface here, this does not mean that we have kids who are able to run the show. Children who are intuitive actually need a little bit more, are highly intuitive because all kids are, they need a little bit more structure, a little bit more guidance, a little bit more information, but not always the talky-talky information. And that's because there's so much going on, depending on what their heightened sense is, that they often spin out or can't make decisions or have a lot of anxiety. There's so many kids with anxiety and it's not all coming from screen use. Yes, some of it is. Now it's part of yours too, so get off the screens. What's going on, sir? I'm stressed about the stuff when you die. Oh, okay. What what stuff about it though? Do you know what stresses you about it? I'm mostly stressed about the feeling when you die, you're not gonna see the people you love. Okay. The kind of cool part about this is that when we die, there's a part of us that still exists. It's called the soul. So that part is able to travel without a body. It's like when you go to sleep at night. Have you ever like had a dream that you were somewhere else and you you woke up and you're like, whoa, I was in my bed. I wasn't in that other place. When we no longer need a physical body, when we're done with this one in this lifetime, that soul still exists. So we actually get to bounce around to people a little bit easier because we don't have to get in a car. You just think about where you wanna be and then you're there. So we actually get to see more of what's going on. So you do get to see those that you loved. And then, you know, cause we're gonna pass, other people are gonna pass. So like when we die, we then get met by the ones who have died before us. So it's like this big old party. They know you're coming. It's not blank. You can understand like when you go to sleep, it kind, you kind of feel like, Well, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it could be kind of like that, right? This must be like what it is when I die, but it's not. It's busy. Like you even still have things to do. Have you ever noticed when a 
kid will be able to pick up on a conflict that's going on and you're trying to protect the kid, right? You're trying to just, it's, it's not for them to worry about. So you don't really have to share it. And it could be something minor. It could be simply that you don't know how you're going to handle tomorrow's schedule because you have to get the car to the garage, but you got to get them to practice and you have to get to work. It might be something like that. But have you ever noticed a child being able to pick up on that and that they aren't settling for, nope, I'm fine. It's similar to, it's actually the same thing as when you walk into a room and there's been an argument and everybody's smiling and you're like, no, no, I can feel something here. What we want to do is encourage this connection to the feeling and bring a consciousness to it. So, and some words and, you know, being able to verbalize so that there can be communication about it. So if you notice that your kids are particularly tuned into what you're doing and worried about it, this is a good place for explaining energy fields. And this works for kids about four years and up. Younger than that, have them take a seesaw bath or something of that nature. You could try. It depends really on the capacity of the child to understand what you're saying. But this is a really good place. If you notice that your kids are picking up on, and teachers, this is also in your classroom too. And thank you for being in the classroom, virtual or in person. If you notice your kids are particularly like, miss, are you having a hard day today? Miss, are you all right? Ma'am, can I help you? You know, if you notice that you have an empathic being in your midst and be happy about that, but also maybe consider describing the energy field. And I like to use the word bubble because I think kids can understand that. And I will explain that each of us being in our own energy bubble is actually fun and then we can connect with each other. But it's like taking your shower, you need to keep your body clean. You also want to keep your energy field clean. So the beauty of this is if you have a kid in your presence and they seem to be more anxious after they've hung out with people or after they've been in a certain situation, of course you wanna make sure they're safe, but it could just be the energy. It could be the energy of people that they're giving off and your child just doesn't know how to manage it. Did you know that most people work with me as a coach because they want to move forward in their professional lives? And then they realize once we start working together that it's a whole person approach and I am going to help them move through their blocks, their fears, some of the trauma they've experienced and to create a much more aligned life. So many times I hear, this is not what I thought I was signing up for. And that's such wonderful feedback to have because if you're signing up and working with a coach and everybody does it the same, are you really being seen as an individual? At Vicki Baird Coaching, I do it all as an individual and I would love to work with you. Go to vickibaird.com to check it out and see if you'd like to work with me. When I look back on it, I am always fascinated by the fact that the teachers I liked the most were the ones the other kids didn't. And I realized that, well, I liked them because they were the teachers that had a few more boundaries in their classroom. They were the ones where I knew what was going to happen if somebody talked out or if somebody was late to class or if somebody didn't do their homework because these teachers were consistent and other students would find them to be rude or strict or mean or all those other words. And um, and from my intuitive self, I can look back on it now and understand it. I was reading so much of what was going on from the people around me. And then at home, it was imperative that I be able to read the energy for my own safety. So I was just tired. I like those classrooms where the teacher was like, come in, sit down, let's do our work. And I can honestly say I did not have one mean teacher all the way through my experience in school, but I had some that other people considered to be incredibly strict. And when I look back on it, Mr. Weaver, I still love you. So the importance of being able to provide that structure for our kids in classroom or in home or 
in sport is important. So much like in basketball, you can't get too close or you get a foul, right? So if you teach kids body safety, please teach them energy safety too. And depending on the age, if you start young, you know, if they're two or three or four, you might do this for them. But once they get older, you have them take a nice deep breath and you take one too. You take a nice deep breath and you ask them to picture white light surrounding them. Now, this is just a shift of energy. You can call it magic. I had one little guy. Oh man, he was so cute. He insisted that he have a cape. So that's what we gave him. He had a white cape and he would have it on his back because it would protect his energy centers and his chakras. And when he felt it necessary, because he didn't want it there all the time, when he felt it necessary, he would pull it around him. And he was five and he got this, okay? So don't underestimate the ability of the beings in your life to comprehend this because remember, intuition is their first sense. It is not the sixth. We make it the sixth in making all the other ones more important. So if you have a kid that experiences the feelings of others so strongly in their emotions and their body, and they have a huge dose of empathy, it might be hard for them to settle in. It might be hard for them to sit down because there's just so much happening. And it can also look like they don't want to be around other kids or they want to isolate when in fact they are just trying to regulate. They are trying to find a way to feel their own stuff because they're feeling other people's so much. Once you're a human, like when you say that when you're a human, you could choose when you come back. What if somebody died and then could they just decide to come back the next second, like be a newborn? They, well, no. They're, they can decide to come back we can decide, because we get to do that too, can decide to come back in a short period of time. It would not be like a U-turn. You can't go, I'm coming, like that tight corner you took. You can't do that as a soul. Like you, you have to go over, like process your life. Like, let's just say, is it real on shows when people die, they use that special electric thing that brings them back to life? Do they experience that for a second? Like when they die, they're dead for a couple seconds, but they use that thing and bring them back to life. So no, that could not, the defibrillator that you're talking about, the heart, um, restarting the heart, that only works in a short period of time. Like you have to be right there for the body to come back. So where I thought you were going with that was near death experiences because people have talked about how their physical body was having that experience, right? The, the doctors are working at or the staff are working to bring them back. And they went off and did some of their soul process and then whoop, back into the body. And then you're there for like 10 or 20 minutes. They gave up on you, you're dead. Like, but then 10, 20 minutes later, can you just like be waked up like... No, I think that's Hollywood because your brain would be dead. If if there's no oxygen going in, um, your your brain can't wake the body up. Um, what if they put a hole in your head and then you could the air comes in your brain? <laughs> <laughs> nice try. You might want to go to biology. We're in fourth grade. We're talking about like animals, how they see. Like I want I want to be in tenth grade science. <laughs> One of the questions I used to ask Kayla all the time is, is it yours or is it someone else's? Because she would pick up so much on what was going on in the house <laughs> and outside and friends in school. And she was known as a social worker in kindergarten because she was always making sure everybody was okay. And I had to teach her very young, even... And this fascinates me too. Like I didn't know the word intuition. I didn't know about psychic abilities or any of that. I just saw this kiddo that was worried and I didn't want her to be worried. So I used to say, do you think that's yours or do you think it's someone else's? And 
admittedly, this is still a challenge for both of us. Um, but the more you practice it, the better you get at saying, oh, that's not mine. Okay, well, can I be of service? Can I help in any way? And if it's something I can do immediately that's going to facilitate for another person, sure. If it's a more long-term thing or if it's just not something that's any of my dang business, you could teach your kids, much like I had to learn the challenging way, that it's, it's just none of our business. It's not for us to be in somebody's energy field simply because you can be in their energy field. So you can be supportive about the fact and you know what, be proud of them for the fact that they're, they're able to pick this up, help them to articulate what they're feeling and then help them to also create space around it to come up with a plan if they can of how they could help in a minimalistic way, because everybody has to experience their own process. So if it, if they feel for the kid who doesn't have lunch and maybe they could pack an extra sandwich, great, great. That's something you could do, but to have them pick up on the energy and try to figure out how to solve the food shortage in their home, that's not for a kid to do. Now you guys might wanna address it together, but the point is the kid doesn't need to carry it. So I'm gonna ask some questions, much like Ethan asked me. (laughs) I'm going to ask you some questions to help you and maybe even ask your kids this too. Or if you're listening, thank you for coming into our lives and for teaching us. So does your child have a way of finishing your sentences or I'm going to put quotes around this, reading your mind. Do they ever do that? And not just because it's predictable, like you're going to tell them to go brush their teeth after they eat dinner so they could get ready for bed. Not that kind of stuff, but where they actually speak up and say something you were just thinking about. It's not reading your mind. It is catching a thought form. But do they ever do that? Do loud noises and crowded places bother them or cause moods? And I don't like the word meltdown. I feel like it diminuizes, I can't say that word today. It makes small what somebody's going through because they're really trying to get rid of the energy. They're releasing all of the extra that they've picked up from everybody else. So I'm not necessarily talking about super sensitive hearing or spectrum related oversensitivity, although some of the most intuitive people I've ever, ever, ever met are those with autism anywhere, anywhere on the spectrum because Their wiring is such that I think they're here to teach us. I think they're here to do their soul's journey first, but we're supposed to learn from them. I said that backwards. I do not believe it's their mission to teach us. I believe that we are here to learn how to learn (laughs) from them. So if loud noises or crowded places, that's an indication of picking up extra energy. I had this experience last week at the hair salon and I know how to manage all of this. And I still felt like if there was not dye in my hair right now, I would be booking it out the door. And so I put white light all around that salon and I just brought the energy down by taking really, really deep breaths. And there just happened to be some people there that were really good at spewing their energy everywhere. And that's rude, but you know, people are gonna do it. Is your child prone to headaches or stomach aches, especially after being with someone else or in a stressful situation? Now, again, I, what we're looking for are patterns, not necessarily, oh, there was that one time. But I believe you know your kids, you know the kids around you. Being intuitive is not special. Sorry. I don't care how wired you are. Being super psychic, it's not special. It's not. It's a skill. And it's something that your soul brought forward. But that doesn't mean that you have a super special being on your hands. You have a super special being because they're in your life. Do not make it about their abilities or what they can do. Please don't do that. Because the tension that will build up inside somebody when they're known to be able to do something and then they become become known for that thing, it just takes the 
person out of it. And it's, it's not fair and it's rude. So if you have someone who has prone to headaches or stomach aches, again, the conversation of is it yours or is it someone else's, help them to learn to delineate that energy. And it takes practice. Do they have an active inner life, including talking with fairies, guardian angels, imaginary friends, the, I'm going to put quotes around this too, ghosts that are in the area. And the reason I say that is there are actually very few ghosts that exist because those are the ones that are stuck in the in-between realm. And more likely it's those that just want to visit. (laughs) But what we call an active imagination is actually a heightened intuitive sense. And I believe that we need to believe the kids when they say stuff. I believe that they, we have to take into consideration what they're saying and think about it initially as being truth. And then you can figure out if they're storytelling or not. One of the best ways with kids is if they are telling the truth, they saw that spirit they won't change the way they've said it. They will keep on you. And I had one kid who was actually trying to convince me. And I I, I felt for her because it was the mom that wanted her to be so special. She was adorable. She was smart. She was definitely charismatic. Um, But her mother wanted her to be super psychic. So she brought her to me so that I could tell them that she was super psychic. This was a kid that who picked up on her mother's feelings. And so was she psychic intuitive? Sure. Not to the degree the mom wanted her to be. And this child, I hope, grows up to be some kind of writer because her ability to tell a story is phenomenal, like brilliant. And I ended up actually saying that to the mom that, you know, you have this amazing being here who has these skills in storytelling and you want it to be what you want to be. And that's not okay. And this kid was actually turning out to be quite a behavioral issue because she was trying to please and she had this natural gift and she was allowed freedoms. She was allowed to get out of doing chores because she felt some energy in the bedroom, in the laundry room. She was allowed to not eat food because she felt the certain food because she felt it would bother her. And I said to her mother, no, no, what you are raising here is a potential, I did say brat, not in front of the kid, but uh, because she has learned how to manipulate you, which all kids should be manipulative to a certain degree. That's how they're figuring out the world. But this isn't psychic ability. This isn't intuitive ability. <laughs> so they will tell rapid, they will tell great stories, both because they have this brilliant mind, but also because they may be seeing the spirit. So one of the things that I have done with the kids I've worked with is, and including my own grandchild when she would share stories is I would ask her, but I would change what she already told me. So if somebody, if she said they were tall, I would ask, well, what about that short guy? And she would give me (laughs) this look of, I I know you're not that dumb, but I was seeing if she would change the story. If they stick to their story and they know what they've said and they correct you, you, you want to believe them. I remember one time I took a flashlight and I was with it. It stresses me out. So is that basically your gut? What do you mean? Like you you felt something, and you you so you turned the flashlight on to see what was there. Is that what you're asking? Like before, I turned the flashlight on before it was the wrong way. And then when it when it was pointing behind me, I saw someone like a real ghost. He looked like like a normal human, someone like my dad. Okay. But like he didn't look ex- like him. It was behind me, and I just because I turned on the wrong way, I saw the whole person behind me. Wow. So. I have, I have no doubt, like the way you describe it, that you saw someone, sometimes they don't know 
that we can see them. Sometimes like what happens is our world, so our physical world and their world, they're pretty close. Um, there's just like a frequency difference, right? So sometimes we startle them. Like they don't realize that they've manifested themselves, it's called. Like they don't realize that they've made a picture. It's like a hologram. I don't understand. I know the hologram is like oh, okay. a picture, but it's not real. Yeah. Okay, so he was like a flashlight himself. He was showing, he was projecting a picture of himself. <laughs> but you happen to have the ability to see that he was there. What it feels like to me is like he wasn't necessarily there to see you. Um, sometimes they're just passing through and because you're sensitive to it, you pick up on the fact that they're passing through and like your Kayla calls it my spidey senses. She's like, your spidey senses pick it up. So you grab the flashlight to look. So you end up kind of witnessing the fact that they're there. It, was, it felt like he was stalking me. <laughs> and and likely he was like, oh crap, that kid can see me. If you don't want them there, like if that happens again, and you don't want them there, I always ask for Archangel Michael, because I figure if you're going to ask, go to the top. And I'll say, take it away. I don't want it. Because there's times I don't want to be bothered. So one of the most important things you can do for your intuitive child is to help them see the gift of their perception, but don't blow it out of proportion. Okay. Don't make it their value. Their insights are so needed. So them that it can guide them in ways that are deeply fulfilling and <laughs> help them to sense the truth about something or is this person in their best interest? Use their intuitive guidance when they're choosing a sport to play or whether they want to take a class or the friend that will become the great friend but might not be the one that everybody else thinks is the popular person. You know, how to feel their way to a deeply fulfilling life rather than, you know, just following the crowd or going with the stream. So it's important to acknowledge them. And if there is proof, oh man, if the kid told you that this football game is going to be won by this many points by the, and that happens, you better high five them because the reinforcement of that, and they might not even know how they got there. Maybe they were just sharing the information but good job, you read that. Good job, you perceived that. Good job, you felt that. Excellent tuning into yourself because that reinforcement is a muscle. It's an intuitive muscle and it will help them to keep going back to that place because they want to feel good about themselves. I had a client yesterday, she was so sweet. We were talking about some of the emotional stuff she was dealing with and I can feel when someone, you know how you'll say something like, I have abandonment issues or I have that kind of stuff because you did once, but they're not, it's not true now, but your brain hasn't caught up with the rest of you to know that. So we were talking about something else and I said, can I tell you what I'm feeling? What I'm perceiving is this. And she just said, man, Vicki, how are you so good? And I there was no pause and no conscious thought about this, but I said, because I love what I do. And I love that that, that came through uh, hyper-intuitively. I was already doing an intuitive reading <laughs> and coaching, and that came through on top of it. Well, I felt so good about that, that, yeah, I really do love what I do. I love what I bring in the world, and man, this is awesome and tiring sometimes, but it's so awesome. That's what you want your kid to feel. Not that they get a fat head about it or that this is the only thing about them that has value, but that they got it, that they tuned into something. And then that can be, it can be of help to others. And you can start to grow your own intuition by helping your kids tune into theirs because, you know, 
they're already there, but they can help you. So listening to that guidance. So if they tell you, please, 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 if they tell you they don't trust someone, I think it's important to ask, you know, from where does that come from? What, what are you basing that on? And if their basis is a feeling, let's listen to that. And it might be inconvenient for you as a parent to say, no, my child will not be sleeping over and you don't have to get into it without proof. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is the no that you give as a parent is what you owe your child. If your child is expressing that they don't want to go somewhere or that they feel uncomfortable someplace, you have to listen to that. I used to tell Kayla, she was older, she was probably 10, well, 9, 10, somewhere in there. And then older than that, I would say to her, if you don't want to spend the night and a friend's invited you, but you don't want to spend, you know, you can blame it on me. You can say, I said, no, you have chores, you know, you didn't clean up something. I don't care what you tell them. But as your parent, I will take that because your gut is telling you not to be there. I'm going to back that up. The don't worry about the no's that and how other people are perceiving it. You know, unless you know there's a safety issue there and there has to be a discussion, it's just a no thank you. And the parents that are raising their kids without boundaries, handing it over to the children to decide everything, it's grounds for creating great anxiety in the kids because they are not ready to be in charge of this world. That's why we come in young and not capable of taking care of ourselves. You know, we're not little alligators who can go get our dinner. So be the guardian for your child in creating those boundaries that they know they're safe and especially listen to your own gut and your own intuition that there have to be more than physical reasons for boundaries. So like, don't cross that street. Don't put your hand on the stove. There have to be intuitive and energetic boundaries as well as emotional ones too. And it might not make you the most popular parent, but is that what you're after? Are you after being liked by the adults? Are you after helping this child who chose you? We choose the people that will raise us, chose you to help them to be the best that they can arrive at at each given moment as in a, as in a young adult and then up into adulthood your your allegiance is not to the other parents and if your kid has a problem with your no because the other parents are being permissive trust me i've been there it's frustrating but if you hold your ground in that is not what we believe as a family i promise you i promise you it pays off in the end. I overheard Kayla say one time to someone who wanted to do something illegal that she couldn't do that. And I'll admit I stuck around to hear the conversation. In the beginning, I was just sweeping the hallway and they happened to be on the porch. But when I heard what they were planning, I was like, oh boy, I better stick around and see where this goes rather than just run in there and say, don't do that. <laughs> and when the other person said, well, why not? Are you, a, I can't remember if she called her a wimp or chicken or something along those lines. Kayla said, no, I have boundaries and that's not okay to do. And I was like, yes, okay. So on this front, we got that. It's important that we model that for them and that we are willing to not be liked by others. Listen, there's going to be someone who doesn't like you. Big deal. Get over it. So you can help them by having that boundary and trusting your own gut and being willing to say no when maybe the majority is saying, yes, go ahead and do that thing. This takes knowing who you are as a parent and having some good vocabulary around it and beliefs as a, as a family. The insights that your intuitive child will have can help them steer clear of danger too. And, and to stay safe. If that, if it doesn't feel safe to go to the party, even though they so want to go there because of, you know, again, the popularity thing, 
But if their gut's telling them, I got to get out of here, you know, it could really save their life. So helping them tap into that is incredibly important as well. And this is all done on a day-to-day basis. This is not signing them up for another school. They already go to school, right? They already have a lot that they're learning. This is you being present as a parent. Put down the damn phone and be present with your child or your student or your whatever, whomever's in your trust and listen to them and pay attention to them so that they then learn how to listen to themselves too. While perceptive children, intuitive, sensitive children have a wonderful understanding of what other people may need, sometimes they can have a hard time knowing what they need and translating that into words because they're always translating other people's energy. Oftentimes you'll ask someone who's super sensitive, so what's going on with you? And they give you the deer in the headlight look because they don't know they're so used to feeling everything else even to the ability to translate what a baby needs or toddlers or animals because they're connecting into all of the universe and it can stress them out so much that they don't know what they are feeling so if you're asking them over and over again well what are you feeling and they say i don't know that's a very good indication that they are on energy overload So at that point, they need to get rid of the feelings that they've been taking on during the day or from other people, even if they're not in person. This energy translates and travels over computers, over phones, over the energy waves. Like you don't have to be with someone to feel their energy. So if you have a kid that just can't tap in, well, then get them physical Get them moving, bouncing on a trampoline, running around, jumping up and down, punching a heavy bag. Oh, that might hurt their little hands. (laughs) Punching a pillow, doing something, going for a walk and doing a couple sprints while you're walking so that they can get the energy out. Have them tighten, tighten, tighten their body and then just let it go. Take them outside and let them just say, yell as loud as you can possibly yell for as much air as you have. And they might not believe it at first. They might not believe that they can get away with this, but that's one way to get rid of the energy. And you can teach them every night as they're going to sleep to crunch up their body and release it really fast and crunch up their body and release it really fast. I find three is the magic number here, but let them choose and it'll help them to rest and to sleep. And what you're doing here is you're helping them learn a vocabulary about it because they need to learn how to turn their attention from other people's stuff to within themselves. And that includes the fear around world events. And even if they don't understand, and most of us don't understand to the level of the world events that are going on, but help them to learn the words. And thank you for listening to this. I'm not quite done, but thank you for listening to this and wanting to expand your knowledge so that they can also know how to find people who are supportive when they're in college, right? They will recognize the ones that speak their language, so to speak. Staying grounded is really important for anyone who's intuitive. And to be clear, most of you listening to this were these kids. It just didn't get listened to and honored or or encouraged. So... Staying grounded means to play, to have fun, to remind ourselves and the kids to focus on other things, to be silly, to do things that don't have a measurable value, to have conversations, to, you know, bake a cake for the sake of baking a cake, not because there's any kind of event that's going on. Okay. They need to be playful And we need to be playful as adults. So if we can get it going, one of my favorite things, there's a little guy in my life. Hi, Silas, if you're listening. (laughs) One of the things I love, it's going to make me tear up because I love it so much, is if he's at the gym when I'm there, he, he knows I'll be goofy with him because I've always been goofy with him. You know, I'm, I was running around at his parents' wedding with him, (laughs) swinging on, you know, the, the hammocks and doing things like that. And I love that he looks at me like, you're an adult. Why are you doing this? But at the same time, he's pulled in. 
because he wants to do that. He wants to be playful and he's such a feeling guy that sometimes it gets a little overwhelming for him. And I, you know, so I didn't do this intentionally. I am a goofball, but because I was such a serious kid, I I want kids to know that that's not what life is all about. It's not all about getting to the next thing or solving for the next thing or feeling everybody's stuff. Like if I can throw a football at him and he throws hard, by the way, and I haven't even tried it after this year's training. I'm a little afraid, but if, if you can be that adult in the kid's life, and especially if you're the one who is raising them, right? For those of us who are no longer raising kids, I admit it is so much easier because I sleep at night, (laughs) you know, I'm rested. So I get that it may not be available to you (laughs) if you've had a week of homeschooling and, and everything else that's going on, I understand that. But maybe find the goofy adults in your life who can be that example because we'll get through this. And then you can help your intuitive child to tap into their soul level because the soul is very silly. It just comes here to learn joy, to bring joy and for us to experience joy. So be that person who is grounded and playful because it's going to heal you too. It's going to help you. See why I said this needs to be a series. So if you have questions and you want to go into more specifics about this, message me, email me, reach out to me some way. So Vicky at VickiBaird.com so that I can help you help yourself, but also help the kids in your life. And to understand that most of the time when there's a behavioral issue, this is not on my paper, but I feel like I have to say this. Most of the time, there's an energy component underneath it. And there might still be a behavioral issue. But if you address the energy component, the sensitivity, or even just some debris in their field, what the kids change, how they shift, how they relax. And do not think because they're kids, they do not understand the magnitude of why we're here. I think they get it all the more, which is to love and is to be in self-acceptance. So thank you for listening, for being here, for being your intuitive child self, but also for helping the intuitive children around you. And I'm here to help and I will see you in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Intuition, Your First Sense. As always, please like and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening to it. Leave a review and take a minute to share it with a friend. You can find me all across social media at, at Coach Vicki Baird, and you can book a virtual session with me from wherever you are in the world at VickiBaird.com slash booking. That's V-I-C-K-I-B-A-I-R-D dot com slash booking. Thank you again and see you on the next episode.